ladies and gentlemen to Miss Petra Petrova Parlor with me, the one and only, your sexy transsexual girlfriend, Petra Petrova, reporting from my bedroom. This is episode three. For you guys who just became acquainted with my podcast, you can find me on OnlyFans, many vids if you want to see the podcast in video form, or if you just want to listen to it, find me on your favorite podcast provider, or YouTube. I'll be there too, so go find me. And for the other loyal fans, catch my sexy content on all these platforms, plus a lot of fucking steamy sex (laughs) that I provide every week to my fans. So keep up with me in those platforms. And right now, we bring you the interview I did with Mistress Natalie. I went to New York, we sat down with Natalie, we talk, we did a little walkthrough through her dungeon. If, you, if you're interested into BDSM or you don't know a lot about it, she's a great mistress for newbies, for experienced BDSM hobbyists, etc. She was gracious enough to sit down with me and talk about what she does, what makes, what makes a great uh, dominatrix great and she showed us some of her gadgets which is very exciting I myself I am not I am not very into it she was actually the one that introduced me into that world and I never looked back I want more and more I keep going back she's amazing so we have that interview for you but before that I have to show you my boobs so make sure you're watching this video on, on my platforms because I'm fully naked. For the for those listeners out there who don't have time to sit down and watch video, when you get a chance, join my platforms and watch my beautiful body as I give you this show. So yeah, so like I was telling you, I'm starting a podcast and I and I am just gonna try it out. And I figured, you know, what do we know best? And in my case, is sex. So I figured, you know, I'm gonna get a bunch of guests that they're they drive in the industry of sex and the sex industry and, and just kind of explore and and hopefully gain some audience. I think it's a really great idea. There's been so much stigma over the years about people in the sex industry and the adult industry. And luckily now through social media and more acceptance, um, there's a, there is more acceptance, but still there's a, a lot of shame, stigma, questions. So I think the more information we put out there that people in the adult industry are regular people and we, you know, do this job because we're passionate about it and there's a lot of positive things that actually come out of it. Yeah, I think in general we definitely got more positive. There's still a lot of backlash because now it seems like everybody's walking on eggshells and everybody's trying to be embracing of every industry. But at the same time we still we still get a lot of uh, a lot of roadblocks like people <clears throat> like we were talking about the social media aspect they they shut us down and mm-hmm. they don't really tell us because it would be frowned upon to really tell us yeah. why, why? <laughs> but 
we're gonna keep fighting and just kind of figuring out the system until things get more normalized. And <clears throat> while well, I figured, you know, you're, you're a dominatrix in Manhattan mm -hmm. and it's almost like a niche within a niche, which it's a big niche, but it's still, <clears throat> it's it, like, for example, when I got into the sex industry, I was very vanilla. To this day, I, I still pride myself in enjoying like the most vanilla of the sexual aspect of what we do. But <clears throat> then, oh, you know, if you stick around in the industry long enough, you start meeting people that start pushing your boundaries mm -hmm. and that led me to meeting you. What is it like? A couple of years now? It has been a few years. Yeah. And I know that um, it's been wonderful. We've had so much fun together. And I'm so glad that I was able to show you some of the things in this other part of the, the adult industry. It was definitely eye-opening. There were things that I would never con even conceive doing with, with someone that, <clears throat> that, that, in my opinion, didn't really know what they were doing other than having the desire of doing something something in the like bondage or the role play the, mm -hmm. the, the, the submissive and you know the dominant roles and then i met you and it just felt like you were a natural dominant and i just became this submissive it was it was it's almost like you open a, a whole new world uh for me and i can only imagine that people that come into your world must tell you a very different uh, not different, but a very similar story about how you brought on their horizons. Tell me a little bit about what these guys tell you, guys or girls. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, most people who come to me obviously have some inclination that they're interested in BDSM or kink or fetish. Uh, especially years ago before there was so much exposure where it was easy to kind of come across imagery or um, things about BDSM. You really had to search it out. So most people did have already an interest, but most of them had absolutely no out outlet for it. And so they were coming to me with a lot of oftentimes like hesitation and fear and um, not sure if they should be participating in it. But generally once they started to be able to experience the things that they had kind of thought about in their mind. Um, and there was a little trust, then they were sort of opened up to even other things, much yes. like you, where they're like, oh, wow, I, I maybe had this interest, but now it's like, I see that there is this huge spectrum of things that can embody BDSM, kink, and fetish. It's just a ridiculously broad how many things can be in this, you know, category of, sex work or just sex in general yeah no you you know what did it for me was the fact that you walk into your dungeon which is amazing um and watching all the the, the tools all the like the whips you have the, the, the jacket you have the mask it seems like like you come into a place where you know that this person knows what she's doing it gives you that, at least in my case, I felt reassured. Remember when we started delving mm -hmm. into things I was sort of interested in? And I told you I haven't done any of this. And then just you just had that 
confidence and just like, yeah, you're in good hands. And just that made me go, okay, what else? What else can what we else do? Is there? <laughs> yeah, it's like what that machine does. And what is it? It's like it just makes you instantly interested in exploring that more. And if and if you're someone more experienced, my guess is they come here and they already have probably more ideas than the average person would have. Yeah, I mean, it's some people come in and they really don't know what they want and they are here to explore and other people have a very good sense of what they're interested in, at least in the beginning. But I think it's very interesting because a lot of people don't know that they would enjoy something like this. And they think that they might not. And they don't want to try it because, you know, they, they can't maybe understand the psychological aspect of it. A lot of times people are like, well, why would anybody want to go and, you know, experience pain? I mean, nobody likes pain. Even if you're a submissive, even if you're a masochist, like, you don't want, like, dental pain. Like, that's just bad yes. across the board. So what people need to understand about kink and fetish and BDSM is way more than the actual activities that are happening is the mental psychological component that goes into it. And I think that really fuels the um, activities. So what may look like abuse or torture to somebody who doesn't understand the context yeah. is when you understand why it's happening and the intention behind the actions. Um, it's sort of like you know, if you're a kid or whatever and you're in school and someone, like, pulls your hair, you, like, want to go and punch him in the face. Like, why are you pulling my hair, you know? But if you're in bed with your lover and they grab you by the hair and pull your hair, you're like, more, please. So it's the same action, but there's just completely different context. And a lot of that has to do with BDSM and, and why people really enjoy it when they don't necessarily think that they, they might enjoy it is, is the context behind it. Yeah, that, that, that makes that makes a lot of sense because picking up on what you said, uh, I always thought that a dominatrix was by definition <clears throat> mean. Mm -hmm. um, a, bitch. a bit of a bitch. Yeah. And then <laughs> No smiles allowed, I right? Remember when we met and one of the things that I told you was how can someone that does these things because mm -hmm. in my head I was still very ignorant about the the concept. I said, how can you be so sweet? That's what fascinated me the most about Jill was your how sweet you were. Just like you could just walk into that persona. It's like, okay, bitch, I'm about to put some clamps on your nipples and abuse you. And then you went from that to be like, oh, hey, how are you? You were just so sweet and just make me more interested. It's very complex. Uh, before it was more black and white. Mm -hmm. And the more I near you the more it, now i can't get enough it's just like i'm interested in everything every aspect of what you do and if you were to to talk to people that still have that poor concept of of experiencing visiting a dominatrix or doing some light bondage or bdsm what would you what would you tell them to to say hey you know just plant the seed, maybe, maybe you like it. What would you say to someone like that? Well, it's it's really interesting because one, you have to just be open, open-minded, you know. If a person is completely closed off, you know, they're not gonna be receptive to anything that you say. 
But if somebody's willing to be open to yeah. exploring just life in general, it doesn't have to be kink. I mean, just, you know, life in general, whether you want to explore different kinds of food or, you know, rock climbing or something like that. Like if you're open to exploring new and different things, then I would say the most important thing is to find somebody that you trust to but that's help hard you experience. To do. That that would be hard to do, especially that now everything it's seems the, to be it's online. The, it's the most important thing. So if you're looking to do this, um, and you're looking to do it, maybe not with someone that you meet and on a personal level. If the if it is a person you meet on a personal level, you know you have to ask them questions. Have you done this before? Are you interested? Do we need to do some research to make sure everything we're doing is safe? Um, so there has to be open, honest communication if it's in like a personal relationship. And if you're searching it out because you want to go to a professional, um, there should be communication. And in that communication, you should, you know, find out a little bit about the person, what their experience is, how long they've been doing it, if they have experience in the areas that you want to explore. If you don't know what you want to explore, then you need to talk to them about some things that they would suggest. And if you don't have that sort of dialogue, then it's probably not going to go very well because you have to be able to trust the person to give you um, a safe experience where boundaries are kept and where consent is the utmost. And consent, boundaries, open line of communication, trust, all of those things have to be there uh, if you want to explore it. If those things are there, you're probably going to have fun. That's great. Would you would you say that for someone to be with you, would you call that a sexual experience, or is it more of the uh, the realm of psychological experience? Depends on the person. For some people, it's extraordinarily sexual, and for other people, um, from an outsider looking in, they would say it wasn't sexual at all. So there is absolutely no cookie cutter about what I do. Uh, some of my sessions are 100% verbal, where I will never literally lay hands on somebody in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and other sessions are extraordinarily physical. Mm -hmm. Some are very, very psychological. Some are simply fetishes. So if somebody has a, a fetish for, say, a latex outfit, the session could simply be involving admiring the outfit. I mean, that's their fetish and whatever maybe psychology that goes along with it, or if they're shining the latex, or if they're kissing the latex, or if they're listening to the sound of it, or whatever it may be. So it completely runs the gamut. Wow. What would you say makes, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure like you, you say you go to these conferences, you teach sometimes courses mm -hmm. in, in, in the, the field of dom domination. What would you say makes a dominatrix? A good dominatrix. <clears throat> Loaded question. <laughs> well, I, I, it's not a simple question because it's like you might like I look at you and what you've done here, and I look at a lot of a lot of uh, uh, equipment, and I go, "Wow, that's a good dominatrix." And someone might might say, "Well, you could have one tenth of what I have, but if you don't have to use it, that's yeah. what makes you good." Or like you said something that, that kind of impressed me, communications. It's amazing how just having that open yeah. line can make a person relax and just having that person relax, they're going to have a great time. Whereas if they feel 
like they're not reassured about what you're doing or they feel like they're going to get hurt. They get like anxious, stiff, and next thing you know, they do get hurt. But because something as simple as communication wasn't there and that made them afraid. So, so when so I yeah, ask I mean, that, the person, I mean, and it's, it's very true. You don't need any of this equipment. Like I have, you know, done what I've done with far, far less than this. Um, it's not, it's not necessary. There are plenty of really good doms out there who might not have the skill set in certain areas that other, like me personally, I am not skilled in shibari. So I can use some rope and I can tie up and rope and I can do a hot tie or whatever. But if you want me to do one of these beautifully intricate shibari bondage, I have no clue. I will probably cut off your circulation. It will look like a hot mess. It'll look like, you know, you know, 16 cats ran through a spider web. I mean, it would not be pretty. So that's not my area of expertise. It doesn't mean I'm not a good dominatrix. So, you know, good would be relative to does the person fit your needs as a submissive, number one. But overarching, just across the spectrum, you have to be able to communicate clearly. That's number one, like on both both sides. You have to really be able to communicate clearly. And the second would be, in my opinion, you know, respectful of the relationship. So I think, you know, some people I have seen, they... Like in every career, you know, in every field out there, there are people who just don't care about what they're doing. They don't take any pride in what they're doing. They don't care about their customers or who they're dealing with. And in those instances, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, you know, an IT guy, whatever, if you don't care about what you're doing um, and you don't do it well, then you're going to suck at what you do. Hey everyone, welcome back. So, what did you think about my interview with Natalie? Am I getting good at this or what? So, again, thank you to Natalie in New York. She was amazing. She was very gracious by having us in her dungeon. It's it's quite a sight, guys. If you ever get the opportunity to go experience BDSM with her, she is great. There's no doubt that she is a connoisseur of what she does she enjoys what she does and through my experience into that world with her I can vouch for that so make sure you follow her and her content she's she's worth it so again for those guys who are not watching me and you're just hearing this <laughs> you know who you are let me show you a little peek of what you're missing. So if you're just listening to the podcast right now, to my fans who get to see this on many vids and OnlyFans are watching me spread my legs and play with myself a little bit before I end the episode. So if you haven't joined my OnlyFans and you're listening to this for free on your podcast or on YouTube, make sure you go to OnlyFans.com forward slash Sashinka Too Cute or my mini vids Miss Petra Petrova that minivids.com to find me and you can watch my podcast there they're almost free and you can watch me in video feed watching me naked play with myself etc 
and other videos that you might find interesting too so go join so it's been a great run so far this is our third episode episode number four is gonna come soon we're gonna keep trying to do interviews and booking new sexy people to talk with that can help us understand more about this world and if not you always have me I have plenty of stories so you'll never go bored with me so stay tuned for our next episode it's gonna be amazing like the last three ones we shot so far and it's only gonna keep getting better guys because I'm gonna stop doing this at some point <laughs> I'm gonna start getting my shit together and the podcasts are gonna get better so it's a win-win for both of us so join me on episode four in the meantime I'll leave you with my my semi-flaccid cock <laughs> and my beautiful boobs and we'll see you for more Miss Petra Petrova Parlor with Miss Petra Petrova. Adios. See you on episode four. <laughs>